This is Lydia Dupra, the Ho Mentor, and these are your online mentoring sessions on Ho Radio. Hey Ho! Today is story time. I normally don't tell stories of my past because to me it's just like, why? Let's just move forward and be productive. But people ask, ask for them often. They want to hear about the glory days. I have a story for you and it's going to be the infamous fact about me, how I made $90,000 in one night. In fact, it wasn't even in one night. I think I was there for less than four hours. So I'm going to share with you exactly how that came to be. I'll take this time to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by The Ho Network. It's shows for hoes. You can find more videos about entertainment for the sex industry by the sex industry on thehonetwork.com. That's H-E-A-U-X. So what happened the night I made $90,000? I'll tell you, I was fed the fuck up. Oh, so over it. I was done with this man. This was a regular client I had had for, I don't know, maybe two years at this point. And he gave me an STD. He got me addicted to drugs. And quite frankly, he was a savage beast. Uh, He was awful. He was terrible. He used to pee on me. He, you know, paid me to do drugs. His body was covered in psoriasis. And it would just flake all over me when we were having sex. In fact, his housekeeper basically followed him around cleaning up his flakes of skin everywhere. Her name was Marlena. Oh boy, bless that woman's heart. This man was a trust fund kid. He never worked a day in his life. Uh, His father basically built New York City, so he was in fact a billionaire. The heir of a a multi-billion dollar fortune. His bar mitzvah made it into the newspapers when he was a kid growing up. Anywho, let me tell you the way I met this man. I was an escort, as you know, and my, I had an escorting agency at the time and the agency sent me to his house and he was like, you're not the girl that I ordered. And I was like, I am, uh, sir, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. My name is Melina Mason. And they, I didn't know it was someone's replacement. And I certainly didn't know that you didn't know. And I felt terrible. He still found me to be attractive. So that, that was a plus. We sat down and he said, well, you came all the way here. Let's have a drink. And he said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pay you for an hour. I felt very grateful, but also still shitty at the whole thing because I was told that it was an overnight. After my first drink with him, he said, okay, do you party? And I was like, what, what is that? And he said, I, I have Coke here and I, I wanted a party girl. And I said, I've never done cocaine before. And he said, all right, fine, you know, finish, finish your drink, finish the hour. I'll pay you for your hour, $1,300 and you can leave. Or you can stay the entire night and and do cocaine with me. Well, I, at the time, didn't have a lot of money. This was right when I had first gotten into porn and and was becoming serious as an escort. So I said, ah, fuck it. It's for work. I'm getting paid to do it. Who knows? Maybe it'll put me in a better mood and I'll make more money, right? What, What could possibly go wrong? And that night was the beginning of my cocaine addiction. He had even sent me home with some. 
And it was just, oh man, it just happened so fast. So, I, you know, years into it, I became very frustrated with this man from degrading me sexually to degrading me mentally, uh, but paying me so much money in the process, that that's what screwed me up the most, is he actually funded my lawsuit against Derek Hay. Derek Hay was my porn agent, the owner of LA Direct Models, and he had been blocking my work when he found out I was escorting with a different agency than his. He locked me in, my, in, in his office to lecture me about dating. Uh, it was, it was, it was wild. It was absolutely wild. Um, the, the final straw with Derek Hay was when, uh, Mark Spiegler of Spiegler Girls Talent Agency, which is hands down the best agency in porn, wanted to represent me and Derek wouldn't even let me buy out of the contract. You can buy your way out of the contract. He wouldn't even allow it. So I sued him. Anywho, so this this client has been just as great to me as he was bad, and you know you add add the money on top of it, and of course, what am I supposed to do? So I stayed, and fast forward, this is this is the man that gave me the ninety thousand dollars. I had gotten to a point with him, I didn't want to see him anymore, and I told him that, and I said, Brad. I don't want to see you anymore. We've had a really interesting ride. I thank you for everything you've done for me, but the things that you've done to me have are, are worse than the things you've done for me. And I appreciate you. Thank you for the Rolexes. Thank you for the cash. Thank you for the real estate. Thank you for everything, truly. But you gave me an STD. You got me addicted to drugs. And I feel shittier after knowing you than I did before. Him being a spoiled brat billionaire who has never worked a day in his fucking life said, well, that's that's fine and nice, uh, but I, I'm still going to see you anyway. So let me write you a check for $20,000. And I was like, $20,000? The fuck am I going to do with that? I don't want your $20,000. And he's like, it's only for a couple hours. He's like, just come over. I lived... 20 miles away from him oh wait no sorry this is when I was in my apartment so my apartment was in Studio City and he lived in Beverly Hills it took me 10 minutes to get to his house like it was really so close and he was like you're not gonna go over the hill for $20,000 and I said absolutely not I'm not interested so he doubled it he said $40,000 I said no I'm, I what don't you understand I don't want to see you I'm not your escort anymore. I'm not your pizza. He used to call me his personal pan pizza. And I, because I was hot and delivered to his doorstep. <laughs> In retrospect, it was funny. It's it's funny now. Um, but obviously when you fancy yourself a high class escort making $1,300 an hour. And also as a human being and popular porn star, you don't want to be downgraded to a pizza. So the negotiations got more intense. And it wasn't even a negotiation. I wasn't trying to get a higher price from him. I simply didn't want the offer at all. There was no, there was nothing on the table with me. I just kept saying no. So it went up to 60000 70000 80000 And then he was like, okay, fine. Not even the entire night. Just a couple hours. Just fuck me for a few hours. Come have a drink with me. Let me talk to you. And then he said... I know you've been wanting a new Maserati. And at the time, I was an absolute motorhead. I loved cars. I had my 
fucking eye on that Maserati, and that's what hooked me in. He found my weakness. I wanted a Maserati so bad. Oh, they just sounded amazing. They looked sexy. Just Italian design. Like, oh, it was a masterpiece. And he said, I'll write you a check right now for $90,000. And you can go buy your Maserati. All you have to do is come over for a few hours, fuck me, and go home. And... Reluctantly, I said, okay, I'll be right over. And I went and I saw the man. He peed on me. He topped me off with his crusty psoriasis flakes. He rubbed his micro penis all over my face and tried to come in my asshole. (laughs) And I left with a check for $90,000. And I had to take multiple showers because his balls smelt like a shitty diaper dipped in sour milk that's been left out in the heat. The very next day, I went and bought a $90,000 white Maserati with black interior. And it was a dream. Oh, it was truly a gorgeous, wonderful, sexy car. I loved it and I felt like such a fucking boss just going in there being like yeah I'm gonna buy a car in cash I felt like a queen and they treated me as such I did enjoy uh enjoy driving it I I drove it for a few months actually um and then I realized it's very expensive to maintain then I spent another ten thousand dollars putting wheels on it so let's do a little bit of math here I got ninety thousand dollars I bought a ninety thousand dollar car Then I spent $10,000 putting wheels on it. And then that summer, I decided to buy the house that I'm living in now. Well, I didn't have good credit and I wasn't doing my taxes. It's very hard to prove that much income. I mean, I was literally making a million dollars a year. In fact, I made $90,000 just in one night. So it was very difficult for me to, to prove that income. So when I was getting this house... They were like, how can you prove you make as much money as you're claiming to make? So I did it all on bank statements, and they saw a lot of my money in my bank account. Not all of it, but they saw a lot, and it was enough to get this house. However, I could only get a one-year loan. Check this out. It was a one-year loan based off of bank statements only, and I think it was an insane amount of interest. I think it was over 6%. I think it might have been... 8 or 9% interest, I don't remember the exact figure, but I was under a lot of pressure. (laughs) And then to add to it, three days before closing, they asked for another, it was almost $100,000, and they said, well, we had to change lenders, Uh, you know, the original lender we got backed out, and we need we need another, we need a cash injection. Let's just say it was 80 grand, I don't remember the exact number. We need an $80,000 cash injection. I didn't have all of it. I really didn't. So what did I do? I had to go and sell the fucking Maserati. And I sold it for like 50 grand. (laughs) So really, that $90,000 ended up being $50,000 when I sold it. Plus the $10,000 wheels. So really, that $90,000 ended up being about $40,000. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. But I'm just showing you the relative worth 
of what I agreed to see that client for versus what I actually got. And it was less than half. That specific memory is one of the reasons why I'm always hounding into your mind that I don't want you to go out and and spend all of your money on material items. They just depreciate. And then all that you have worked for is now suddenly worth less than you thought it was. And that's a really shitty feeling. I could have gotten more for the Maserati, but I needed to sell it within three days to get enough cash injection for the house. Because mind you, I had to put down 30% as well. So I was, I wasn't very liquid at the time and I did have to liquidate some of my assets. I try to just keep the philosophy now of positive cash flow. If you spend money on things that are not assets, that's a negative cash flow. So when I do splurge on things now, like my house, my house is worth almost double what I originally paid for it because of all the investments I've made, the area I picked, the school district it ended up being in. Besides my company, my house, my primary residence is the largest asset that I have. So really, it was worth all of the struggle to obtain this home. So all in all, it was worth it. Uh, let's just say my 90 turned into 40 grand. I'm still not complaining about making $10,000 an hour. It was absolutely fantastic to to leave with that amount of money. But I still felt like shit after. It was I was at a point with that client where you couldn't pay me enough to feel good about that interaction. It was just you paid me enough to tolerate it. And it really felt terrible. And I still, that memory is still so bittersweet because the money's gone. Uh, but the memory stayed. And I'd like you to consider my experience when making your own choices when the money, that fast money is right in your face. Because money, it comes and goes, but any trauma associated with it, sacrifices that come with it, any way you have to change your life in order to accommodate the amount of money that you're being offered, those changes stay. The results of, of those adjustments you had to make, the results are, are often permanent, even if it's just an emotional scar. And that was just for one night for him. That he was just having, it was just a fun game. Like, oh, I've been fucking this girl for $1,300 an hour. How fun would it be to blow her mind for a night and give her 90 grand? Like, it was just, it was just a game he was playing. And I still have this terrible memory. Well, I have this bad memory. It's not terrible. I made 90 fucking thousand dollars. Like, let's get real. Who doesn't want to make that in a night? Fuck, I'd love to make that in a night now. Are you kidding me? I have to sell a lot of fucking books. <laughs> but his his one night of entertainment gave me a lifelong lesson. And that's how these things often go. But the thing I hate about him most was getting me addicted to drugs. I mean, the cocaine really did... a. Uh, a huge amount of damage to my spirit, to my body, um, just the way I interact with people in general. I don't like going to parties. I'm not very social anymore. And it's because when you're in LA and you're going to star-studded, glamorous parties at night, there's drugs there and there's specifically cocaine. I also overdosed and had a stroke uh, from my cocaine addiction. And it personally, uh, sorry, it permanently changed my personality and now I have to take mood stabilizers when I was perfectly fine before. So it didn't necessarily give me any type of personality disorder, but it, it changed the chemicals in my brain 
And if I'm not on my mood stabilizer, I get suicidal. Uh, I get highly paranoid. I mean, it's awful. It's the worst feeling ever. And it all happened because I chose... I chose the overnight appointment for a couple grand rather than staying true to myself and just taking the one hour appointment. And I deeply regret it. The only thing that I can pull from that is if I didn't have such a wild experience in the adult industry, if it wasn't as extreme as it was, I don't think I would be so inspired to help others navigate it. If I had a perfect dreamlike experience, uh, I would just be ignorant and think that everyone else would have the same type of experience I did. So truly, I think that that was a, it was a defining moment in my life that led me to a beautiful place and it's introduced me to so many amazing people that live with me and that are in and around my company and it's truly helped me reach my life's purpose which was which is helping people i i loved escorting not only for you know the the glamour of, of it all but i really did feel like i was helping people and when i retired i did feel less useful and that was very it was very sad for me i felt like no one needed me for anything anymore so when i did start this company i was able to fulfill my purpose again and maybe maybe that takes away some of the regret of all the poor choices i made directly because of this client so yeah it's something i'm i'm tortured about but i try to just keep moving forward I try to keep helping people do the right thing with my life. And I'm just grateful that I have it at all. Because my client, he lost his life. And it was because he did everything in excess. He ate too much. He drank too much. He did too much drugs. And it cost him his life. And he died at 47 years old. And um, his housekeeper called me and asked me to be in the hospital with him. Even many years after I stopped seeing him as a client. So I meant a lot to him, which is so, it was just the most twisted thing ever. But I was there, and I watched that man die. And along with his death, also a lot of my pain associated with him uh, died as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my story. It might not be what you're expecting to hear, or the usual high-energy delivery that I have of the information I want to give you but this is an important lesson because my life is is beautiful it's amazing and I every day I wake up so grateful to just even have opened my eyes and have the gift of sight but this is one of those memories that it's so intense and the damage is so permanent that it's enough to make me forget how how great my life is sometimes and I uh I want, I want you to remember that for yourself, because if you do continue with education through my website, reading my books and, and programs, you will end up being a high-end escort, and you will be faced with challenges and, and choices that you have to make that could very well put you in a situation similar or worse than the one I told you about today, and whatever happens... That's on you. I'll talk to you the next time we do one of our mentoring sessions.